recording right there. All right. And here we go. <clears throat> Hello, Akaville Radio. Welcome to another episode of Talk Appella. I'm your host, Brian Alexander. And then there was silence. And you hear that silence because unfortunately, our fearless leader, John Lampus, has moved on to greener pastures. Um, he's <laughs> decided to just, you know, move forward with life and, you know, um, take part in some other endeavors that are really important to him. And, you know, we wish him all the best. And unfortunately, that means we don't have our usual banter about Game of Thrones or noodles or all the typical things we normally talk about. But I promise you, we will find a way to incorporate them somehow, some way. So continue listening as we bring more episodes of Talkapella, uh, to Acaville Radio. And yeah, we're going to keep things moving, but I am so excited because 2020 is here. We had an awesome episode, uh, number 100. And now we're rolling to 101 and we have a very special guest joining us today. Um, he has tons of experience in terms of freelance working with acapella. He's done some really cool projects in terms of professional groups. He's done a lot of video work, but I'm going to, you know, stop giving away all the wonderful secrets about him and kind of let him introduce himself. Joining us today is none other than Mr. Grayson Villanueva. Grayson, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. I am really excited to be here and to just talk about the one thing that I love, acapella. <laughs> <laughs> well, that makes you the absolute perfect guest for the show since you love acapella. I'm like, if you didn't love acapella, you know, it might be kind of questionable territory for to have you on. But, you know, we, we don't judge people. You know, if you have an interest, then, you know, we okay, take great. it. Okay, <laughs> great. So, so Grayson, so I know a little bit about you just from my online investigating, but for our listeners out there, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Tell us about your background, you know, how did you get involved in acapella and kind of what you're doing right now? Sure. Yeah. So I have always had music in my life since I would say like high school. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at that age, like you're trying to find out who you are and at the time I was like, I don't know what I want to do. And I started to, you know, play guitar and learn more about music from friends who like to do music. But right. it wasn't until college that I started really taking singing specifically more seriously through my mentor. His name is uh, Glenn Clancy, and he uh, was also like my vocal coach. I went to school at UC Irvine, and uh, oh, I started okay. taking vocal lessons around 2010, which is whew, about 10 years ago now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I hadn't really taken singing seriously. I, I wasn't in any sort of environment where I could learn how to sing in high school. It was really more mm -hmm. like for fun and also like just like self-taught. So yeah, n never did choir or so I never really learned how to you know, sightseeing or even like read sheet music because right. I never learned piano or anything like that. But he inspired me to learn how to, you know, learn how to do more music things outside of just singing. And so um, he mentioned to me that there was an uh, there was a vocal group at UCI when he was going there. And uh, it actually used to be like a gospel choir and also used to be, you know, just a community of singers. It just like had changed throughout the years and eventually had stopped. And that group is called uh, Uniting Voices. And that group currently exists um, at UCI because I ended up restarting it in 2011. And more with the intention of it being a group for singers to just get better, because that's like what I wanted to do like as an individual. So why not do it as a community? And at the same time, mm -hmm. I also start, I also joined 
an acapella group that was already existing called Circle of Fifths. It was the all-male acapella group there. So that was like my first, you know, deep dive <laughs> into doing any acapella things related, whether it was just like vocalists uniting together or whether it was singing without instruments. It was just my first time diving into that kind of thing. So that's where my collegiate background came from. And I only did it for a year because I did it in my senior year. Um, so all the... Oh, your senior year of college. Yeah. Oh, wow. So okay. I did I did two different groups my <laughs> senior year. So I guess you could count that as two years. But really, it was it was just like I only had a year of experience. I did ICCAs. I felt like I had like a great like acapella one-on-one, <laughs> 101 year. <laughs> it seems like Yeah, it so sure. yeah, I, I, I learned a lot about, you know, singing in groups and also like learning how to transcribe arrangements for the first time because I feel like that's mm-hmm. how everyone starts and then eventually like learn how to do your own like arrangements in that kind of style. I got my acapella roots, <laughs> I guess, from um, <laughs> from being in those groups in college and then slowly started to branch out. Maybe a couple of years after I graduated, I really started missing it. So I started a group called 44B. It was our um, apartment name. <laughs> it was a couple of people who had graduated from doing Uniting Voices and we wanted to continue to sing. I was wondering about that name. I was like, this name, it's so interesting. I'm just like, but it seems so familiar. Now I, now I know why. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It, we, we, we used to have a bit on stage where we're like, yeah, it's the name of our apartment. It's not a bra size. Uh-huh. That is, <laughs> that is our thing. Yeah. Uh, but basically we, we really, we really wanted to do it more for fun, but also like, mm-hmm. we also really cared about the musicality of the group. So we like took it serious right. to an extent, but we were also all doing like our own thing outside of just singing in the group. But yeah, in that group, I I really learned how to direct a group more, manage a group outside of like a school setting, Mm -hmm. and also like just how to be organized with the group, learn how to arrange a lot better, and also like how to record and produce acapella. So yeah, that was like my my first post-collegiate like experience doing it. And in a lot of ways, I feel like it is is the same as like the experience that people have when they are doing it in college for four years. Yeah, because with 44B, we were together for about four years. And that's really cool. If I can kind of interject right there, I'm I'm like, it's really I'm hearing this recurrent theme of you got your start a lot later in terms of, you know, your music as well as your acapella experience, which is really interesting. And I find fascinating because a lot of times when we John and I have talked previously on this show, we both come from backgrounds where we had did music, a formal music setting, Mm -hmm. you know, through high school. And then, you know, from the jump, uh, at least when I got into college, you know, that was the very first thing I did. I co-founded a group with my college roommate Mm. and, you know, everything just kind of took off versus I'm finding it really interesting that, you know, in terms of, as you mentioned, getting started with music, you know, it was kind of later on kind of finding your voice along the way. And then this kind of transition to re uh, solidifying a group. That's a really unique experience. Was that something that you just kind of felt that, okay, I could just take this on or you, were there any thoughts of, you know, this is something that I should try or, you know, what, what kind of made you or drove you to want to kind of relight the fire when it comes to the acapella experience in terms of uh, the Uniting Voices group? In terms of Uniting Voices, I really wasn't expecting for it to be an acapella group. It was more going to be like a community of vocalists like trying to get better at singing and because I was also in Circle of Fifths at the same time it just ended up being like I was learning so much from being in that other group that I was that was already established that a lot of those practices and like norms ended up being a part of Uniting Voices in like in a very positive way and so like it just ended up being like an acapella 
thing. And I I, oh, I, I feel like okay. at the same time too, the sing off was on, and so there was a lot of people in the group that were influenced by the show, and so we were just like, yeah. let's just be an acapella group. We do mostly acapella things anyway when we're at gigs. We don't have to worry about instruments. Let's just go do the thing. <laughs> so so yeah, United Voices <laughs> started off as like this dream to be like a community of vocalists that wasn't specifically acapella, but it it ended up becoming that, and I actually like really love that because now they're continuing to like you know do that thing they're performing at iccas mm-hmm. and oh wow that's awesome yeah so they're like really like pushing forward with it so i'm really happy about that yeah no that's really cool and something else you mentioned that really stood out to me you said mentioned this phrase of a place for singers to get better um which i find uh, also interesting because at least in terms of what a lot of other people i've spoke with or groups you know it's just something to kind of get going something that was of a uh, passion kind of a passion project and then some people they just straight out want to just compete Mm-hmm. You know, they want to have mm-hmm. the best group. They've seen, as you mentioned, you know, a sing-off type environment or they've seen ICCA and they're just like, whoa, I want to be at that level. Whereas now I'm just kind of hearing from you, you know, I just want a place where I can develop, you know, this instrument that I have. Is that something that's most important to you when you're looking at uh, projects you get yourself involved in? Or is that just kind of something that relates more specifically to that particular group? I think at the time, I, I feel like also like the the timing of it was part of like why that was the purpose of that group, at least in my mind. And I had a couple of people that I had talked about the idea of restarting this group that used to exist. And they were like on board with the same sort of purpose, the same sort of reason. And like, there are many different reasons why I do music and are, are part of different projects now that are like very different from why I started Uniting Voices. And at the time, it was just more of like wanting to learn and wanting to build a community that really didn't exist at the time when I had started that group and now like there's a lot of like acapella going on at uci i went to laugh the other weekend oh man oh yeah that was yeah i I went to laugh and there was a group that they were just out in the quad and they were like hey Mm -hmm. grayson and i was like uh, who are you (laughs) and they were like hey like we tried to get you to be our masterclass person because we're a new acapella group on campus at uc irvine and we saw that Mm -hmm. you were from uc irvine and we just you know we'd heard about you from like uniting voices and like wanted to reach out to you and say like hey like we're a new group and like we want to work with you and so i thought that was like really cool (laughs) um (laughs) but yeah it was really nice to know that like you know uci's acapella community is like thriving and like there are people at uci that want to continue to allow acapella to thrive which is really great yeah and um and i'm sorry if you've mentioned this previously but when you were first when you were on the scene at uci in terms of uh the music groups there were was acapella, was there a lot of groups? Was it really active scene or just kind of starting? I feel like there was a small community, but definitely not a community that was reaching out to um, other groups aside from like people who were competing. But at the time it was only like Circle of Fifths that was competing at ICCAs. And that was like my introduction to like, oh, other schools are doing this thing. That's really mm-hmm. cool. And yeah, none, none of the groups are going to festivals like Laugh, even though they were like really close. And now like there are several yeah. groups that go to Laugh from UCI alone. Yeah, I would have been all over those events. I just feel like California is just the, the hub of all the really cool acapella events. Totally. And I feel like going back to like what the acapella scene was like when I was doing it in college, 
um, at least mm-hmm. at UCI, they were just kind of in their own acapella bubble. Like we knew about the groups that were on campus, but none of the groups that were like at UCLA or at USC or anything like that. Oh, okay. So it was a bit more segmented back then at the time. That That's really interesting. So let's change gears a sure. little bit. So I know that you mentioned, we kind of talked a little bit about projects that you got involved in when you were first starting, you know, this is kind of the emphasis or maybe this is where the mindset was at in terms of uh, maybe your earlier projects. So looking at a lot of the things you're doing now, because I understand, understand it that you do a lot of freelance mm-hmm. opportunities. You do uh, your freelance singer as well as a vocal percussionist. So what's different about projects that you currently find yourself involved in now versus maybe what you would have done, you know, a few years ago? For sure. And I think what makes projects different now is that real life hits you and you're like, wow, like money mm-hmm. is an ingredient that I need. <laughs> and <laughs> it's pretty important. Yeah. yeah and, and it's not to say that like money is the like the end game when it comes to doing these projects. But part of it is mm-hmm. like the new consideration that like, you know, if you want to pursue acapella as a living that you have to be able to diversify and also be able to put food on the table <laughs> and pay rent, yeah, yeah. especially in like L.A., it's like really competitive and also like uh. rent is like really high expensive <laughs> yeah and so like yeah it's it's i would say that that i love the projects that i'm doing now and it hasn't yeah. really like there aren't any projects that i'm like not in love with doing there are certain projects that like i like i have to weigh out i kind of think about the have you heard of the th- like the triangle when it comes to taking gigs. Oh, I don't think I have before. Please enlighten okay, me. So, <laughs> so the triangle that I've sort of adopted and I've, I've, I think I found it online, but basically it's like, it has to have at least two of the three things for you to say yes to the gig. Okay. I'm taking it's notes. Good right. mu- so, go. so there's good music, okay, good people mm-hmm. and good pay. Oh, I like so, that. <laughs> so if you yeah. only, if there's only one of those things, then it, for me, it's not really worth pursuing for just for my own, like, mental health Mm -hmm. um, because then it's like then what are you doing it for like let's say that thing that is like up there is like good pay but the people aren't great and the music isn't great yeah like there are other opportunities out there that Mm -hmm. you can do that that will at least fulfill two of those things so that's kind of what I like wait to do when it comes to like taking these gigs as a as a freelancer that's so interesting Uh, do you find that there are in terms of these three different elements that there's typically uh some of them that are more reoccurring than the other ones is like pay is maybe not as common as the you know the good music good people or one of the other angles or is that ever a thing I mean, I haven't done, I haven't like tallied like, oh, this was a gig that was (laughs) Right, no no heavy research, I get it, yeah. I find that like typically the pay, like especially when it comes to freelancing and you know that for a fact that like these gigs that I'm getting for from a certain company are like pay definitely like weighs more than the other two. Mm -hmm. Pay is pretty consistent when it comes to like accepting gigs, at least on my end. Yeah. I mean, you just have to compartmentalize like the types of gigs that you get and make sure that you're like keeping a good balance. There's a gig that you're doing and it it fulfills you like it like fulfills your soul. Mm -hmm. And then there's a gig that you do and it like fulfills your bank account, which also in turn like fulfills your soul because if you can't pay for the things that you need to do to survive, then, Mm -hmm. you know, you then can't give yourself that self care. Right. And that makes so so much sense because I'm thinking in terms of me personally, and I I get the same feeling for you. I'm like, this art form is so, it's such a big passion. It's such a big part of things that you enjoy doing at the end of the day. It'd be almost really easy to just be like, you know what? I can justify why I can take this project on, even if it doesn't pay as much, Mm -hmm. because this is something that, you know, 
I just enjoy committing my time to at the end of the day. But then, of course, you'd have to, you know, I'm sure fill it, fill your schedule with so much more to make up for it at the end of the day. So it's a tricky balance. I, I get it. For sure. In terms of this whole, uh, since we're, since I just mentioned balance, just weighing these projects, do you find that there is an equal balance between, I guess, vocal projects or acapella projects that you take on versus other type of projects that you do? Are you allowed to do as much acapella as you're you're wanting to compared to other things? For sure. That's a great question. I think right now, in at least in at this like phase of my life, mm-hmm. I am trying to transition into doing more performance opportunities that are more for fun and less for like le- less for like trying to make rent. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because I I feel like that I'm missing that aspect of my life currently, so that's something mm. that I'm t- trying to transition to doing more like passion projects or projects that I'm really excited about and trying to transition into more of uh, post-production for mm. acapella. Um, and I, I have experience in you know, recording and, and acapella production when it comes to the audio side, but also more recently, the video side of things has, has been really kicking up Yeah, and I've been able to work with a lot of different groups that I've like listened to and like looked up to. And yeah, it's just been really great to be able to kind of know, like at this phase of my life, it's acapella is still very present, even if it's not me singing on stage, it's, you know, sometimes it's like, me recording and like producing something or maybe it's me editing a new video for a group that is trying to tell a story like with their visual and I'm like very happy to be in any of those camps because they're all related to acapella (laughs) so so it can be as equally as satisfying as being on the stage for you pretty much absolutely yeah that is really cool so oh man that's awesome and I want to dive a little bit more into that Uh, but unfortunately we have to take a short break. We hit the first break of our program here. We've been speaking with Grayson Villanueva about, man, just the, the life of being, um, you know, an acapella freelancer and his start and how to make rent at the end of the day. <laughs> so <laughs> we're going to take a short break and we're going to come back and talk uh, more with Grayson. So yeah, we'll be right back with Talkapella. You may not know this, but Acaville is a nonprofit. We're a community-supported organization, and the way we keep our lights on and keep the music spinning is largely through memberships and contributions. So I encourage you to be a member of Acaville. Not only will you support everything that we're doing and supporting the community and bringing great music and features to you, but there are some pretty killer member benefits out there as well. Head on over to acaville.org, check out the member benefits, because we'd love to have you as a member of the Acaville community. And welcome back to Tacapella. Thanks for joining us back on the show. We have been speaking with Grayson Villanueva. And, you know, to be honest, he's been giving us what it's really like to be an acapella person after, you know, the post-collegiate scene. A lot of times there's this whole framework of, you know, it's really cool just to see what all the things pentatonics are doing and joining, uh, you know, just cruising around the world and all these other really cool groups like Straight No Chaser but sometimes we had to bring it back down to reality like hey I gotta pay bills so I can't always do all the things I love and the things that I do love you know I might have to kind of scale them back so he's been giving us the rundown on you know how all of that really plays out so once again thanks Grayson for joining us back on the show it's been really fun. Yeah thanks for having me Yeah for sure so one thing I want to discuss so this is really uh, really cool to learn that Grayson has been a 
member of, oh, I'm sorry, not has been, is and has been involved with uh, the Harry Potter Frog Choir at Universal <laughs> Studios. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, so my day job, one of my day jobs is I am a frog choir singer at the at Universal Studios Hollywood. Yeah, so um, what that means is the frog choir that you see in the third movie (laughs) of Harry Potter, that's my life. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Singing those songs. That sounds like the dream. If I'm if I'm being honest, I'm like, who wouldn't want to, you know, kind of take on that role? I'm like, I didn't even know that was possible until I saw things online about it. For sure. Yeah, it's it's definitely been a fun experience uh, doing it. Met Mm -hmm. a lot of really cool people doing it also. And yeah, still do it today. I mean, I had it. I was there today, right before this, <laughs> right before this uh, interview. <laughs> oh, so we we caught you in between yeah, sessions yeah. right now. Is what, <laughs> what happened? <laughs> so, so I'm I'm curious. Is like, is there just like a posting on how someone becomes a part of that whole experience, or is it? Did you know someone? How did you get connected with all of that? For sure. So I actually heard about the company that um, that hires out for theme park events and theme park entertainment through someone that I met at Laugh mm-hmm. the first time I ever went. Um, his name is Renee Ruiz. Oh, okay. I don't know if you're listening, Renee, but thank you for changing my life. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he. Uh, I, I went to one of his classes, got to know him over the years, and he posted something on the SoCal Acapella Network, one of the Facebook groups. And he said, mm-hmm. I've worked with this company before. Uh, they treat their singers really well, and they're looking for some entertainment for the very first time here in LA. And so I was like, you know, I'm at this point in my life, I'm like... I'm working at a job that I didn't really like. It was like a food service job. I liked the people, but it wasn't something that was fulfilling me. And I was like, at some point I need to realize and like tell myself, because I didn't believe it myself, is that music is the thing that I want to do. Whether it was doing production or anything like that, I I just knew that whatever I was doing now, I was spending so much time outside of like my actual job doing the other thing, doing music, music being like Mm -hmm. (laughs) the side job that I was spending (laughs) more hours on. Like, right. It just made way more sense to me to, to just try it. So I'd never auditioned for anything before. And, um, you know, I, um, I went to the audition. They asked me to sing something acapella. Um, and you know, I, I let them know that I heard about it through Renee and the class that he was teaching at laugh when I met him was performing outside of the box. And he talked about his group mm. that he used to tour with, uh, uh, called uh, toxic audio, like way back when. Oh yeah. yeah. And I've so, um, he was talked about th- his group and like how they were thinking about things and how they were performing and how they like decided to start performing outside of the box. And lo and behold, the people that were <laughs> auditioning me were two of those members, like from that group. Yeah. What? So, <laughs> so the people that he was like, yeah, oh, like, no he was like, I know these people. <laughs> they're really great, and like they started their own company called Entertainment Central Productions, based out in Orlando, and they do a bunch of shows out mm. there for Universal, for Disney, and they wanted to start planting seeds out here in LA mm-hmm. and start doing shows bicoastally, essentially. And um, I auditioned, and they really liked me, and they knew that I did acapella stuff. So yeah. I ended up getting hired for the first time doing a show called Grinchmas Boy Band. And it's basically, yeah. so basically it's this, it's a boy band that performs on, on the snowflake <laughs> and, uh, we all wear like the who noses oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, from like uh-huh. the movie. And so, um, it's really cool, really hard to perform in the nose, <laughs> but, <laughs> but really fun experience. <laughs> I'm sure it doesn't affect breathing at, at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a really great experience just being able to like learn from them as like music directors mm-hmm. and like, you know, stage directors 
learning what it takes to perform at a theme park and the kind of like stamina it takes also to be like dancing and singing at the same time and also be doing acapella. Yeah, um, it seems to me that all the cool gig opportunities are really on the West Coast. <laughs> I'm like, I can, I need to move yeah, out there. Yeah, I mean, I whenever can, you're ready. <laughs> <laughs> that That's fascinating that through that one unique experience and that encounter, it just kind of led on to these other opportunities um, that that's really cool. And I don't know if a lot of people really get the, those opportunities, but I know that you do a lot of different stuff. It's I'm like, you've had a lot of work involved with uh, involving other groups and other things. And it, has that been at a, as a result of these type of connections that you just kind of stumbled upon or just kind of been exposed to, I guess? Sure. Yeah. I think part of it is getting out there and going to festivals and getting to meet people. But the other mm-hmm. half of it, I would say maybe more than half is like the kind of work that you produce and the kind of things that you get a reputation for. And I felt like, you know, as like an introvert, like the most introverted person ever. What? I don't believe it. No, I can't. Yeah, it's it's, it's tough (laughs) being an entertainer and also being the most introverted person ever. Almost sounds like a yeah. paradox almost a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, I've, I've never been like the type of person to go out and quote unquote network. I have just always just Mm. been like the person that I am to people and that would be like my business card. My version of my business card is to just show up and, you know, be nice to people and just be the person that I am authentically. Yeah. Hey, that speaks for itself at, at times. So I, I yeah. Get it, and know? so part of it is, you know, doing that and make sure and like making sure you're out there in the community supporting other people. But the other mm-hmm. half is like doing the work that you want to see done and like in the arrangements that you want heard. And I felt like a lot of the things that I was doing wasn't really networking and more so just like being in my own like little studio cave and and making like my <laughs> own music and hopefully people really liked some of that stuff and so that's kind of how I got started right. with quote-unquote networking with other people is that like you know I did arrangements for my own group we performed and people you know really gravitated toward that stuff early on and then that's kind of how I started to I guess like (laughs) I hate even saying it but like make a name for myself or like making like a reputation for myself that like oh this person does you know xyz and like Mm -hmm. later on started to develop more skills and people started to know my work from that and know that the quality of my work regardless of like what area of acapella it was in it was going to be good and so that's kind of like what I was striving to do more than networking but networking is definitely like a part of it but I, I would say a bigger part is making sure like the work that you're putting out and like the thing mm-hmm. and the things that you're getting known for are like are like uh, I don't know what to say here. <laughs> the things that you're doing are are representative of who you are and is the best work that you can produce. Right. Yeah. You want to make sure that they're quality no matter what it is, even if you have, you know, the you know, you have this kind of in the background type of position versus whether you're out in front of everyone, you're gonna make sure that everything that you're doing is to the best of your, your standards, because as you, as you're kind of a, a testament to is that, you know, you know, people are watching, people are listening, people are, you know, taking notice, which can lead to something, and which is, which is really interesting because I, I think back to my time after I got done with my college group, you know, I was just kind of in just kind of wandering out there. I was like, well, what I want to, do next and you know the first thing that came up was uh these festivals i remember um the early stages of what's now texas sing they had i think it, i forget what it was called back then when they first did their first festival but i was like hey i'm no longer in the group but i want to still continue to do something mm-hmm. and i'm not performing with someone what can i do 
and it was a group outreach coordinator position. And my job was just to, hey, just reach out to groups and be like, hey, come to this festival kind of thing. And, you know, not a lot of people, you know, are interested in, you know, just kind of having this, I wouldn't say administrative type role, but not a non-performance based Mm -hmm. role. But what people don't realize is, hey, you know, all of this contributes to this whole, the functioning of this thing. And you know what? Through that, you know, I'm still connected to a bunch of people who are still really heavy hitters in the acapella Mm -hmm. community. And so it's, you know, it's important, you know, that to make sure whatever you're doing, you know, is not only of interest, but, you know, can paint yourself in a way that, hey, if you ever wanted to make something out of it one day, you can be like, hey, you know, this is kind of where I started. Totally. Yeah. And like those administrative, quote unquote, (laughs) administrative like roles, (laughs) although they are not on stage, like are still super important Mm -hmm. when it comes to making sure that like the acapella community is still like alive and thriving. So like, thank you for doing that. It like can sometimes go unnoticed, but like those things still like apply to, you know, your everyday acapella life, whether it's performing or not. And so, yeah. That's great. Yeah. And I, I know that and, and I always like to pose this question once I get a feel for people who kind of have taken on both sides of performance and non-performance, you know, is there an equal love there in terms of the work that you do off the stage um, in comparison to what you do as you're, you know, singing through a mic at the end of the day? Do you feel more comfortable currently doing one versus the other? Oh, that's a good question. I think <laughs> I think right now what I'm really like looking to do more of is is like more passion projects when it comes to singing and like really just enjoying like what I'm singing and what I'm doing. If there are gigs that, you know, fulfill like two of the two of the three of the triangle that I talked about earlier, then like and one of them just happens to be paid, then great. Like that's something that I can do that I feel like I'm good at and, and can do and not really be like emotionally invested in doing it, but still have fun doing it at the same time. But when it comes to performing or production, I feel like right now I'm in a stage of my life where I'm kind of moving more into post-production and like really enjoying it too, because I'm also getting to work with groups that I you know, really like listening to or like looked up to when impact asked me to do a video for them in like 2017. Oh, wow. I was like, cool. You guys are, you guys are really dope. <laughs> um, I don't know if I can curse on, on, on this podcast, but you hey. guys are freaking dope. Hey, it's all right. It's a community show. Okay, Anything goes. Gotcha. Well, they're fucking amazing. So, <laughs> But yeah, I I got that opportunity because I've gotten to know Jeff Smith, who's the vocal percussionist Mm -hmm. of the group, and also someone that I met doing the theme park stuff, Aaron Schumacher. He's, you know, now Mm -hmm. a like member of Impact and... You know, I, I think at the time he was he was just starting out and he was like, Hey, I know you, Jeff knows you, let's like do a video and I was <laughs> like, Um, okay, I've never really done this before, but sure, like you just need like a quick like rehearsal video, like yeah. And so like we ended up doing it and like it was a lot of fun. And I wanted to do more of it. So I got super serious about it. I'm like the type of person that doesn't do something and like, I can't be bad at something. (laughs) I like, if I'm going to do it, (laughs) I I have to be good. And if I'm going to be bad, then I won't do it at all. I, I hear you. That's like me. I'm like, I'm, I'm such like a competitor and at heart. And so anything I do, I'm like, it could be the smallest <laughs> thing. I'm like, I find myself at work, you know, just writing things down. I'm like, okay, this better be like the most perfect font <laughs> I've ever put on paper. 
over. And so I, I get where you're coming from. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I was like, <laughs> I want to do more of this. And in that journey of learning how to do more video stuff, it's been really mm-hmm. great being able to work with other groups like Business Casual, another pro mm, group, great group. Um, that yeah. I actually met while I was doing 44B stuff. They, they've been killing it also. And more recently, I've been working with the new acapella kids brand, Acapop Kids, Ooh, as a yeah. video editor. So that's been like super fun. And it's just, it's opened a lot of doors, like, be, like being able to diversify what you do in acapella allows you to be able to kind of work with like a lot of different types of people who are very strong at specific things that you may have like not even like thought about before like before meeting with them or even before working with them and it kind of just like bolsters like your knowledge of like oh like even if I'm not going to be an expert at this one thing that this person is is an expert on I at least know a little Mm -hmm. bit of that knowledge a little bit of that language to be able to talk to them and communicate with them and also learn about like the overall production of what goes into something that is like something that is of like a high quality where all these people are working together to make something that's like really great and like professional right i feel like our community it's it's one that's built uh, it has a lot of foundation in terms of connection um in terms of you know how we connect to one another and things like that and you mentioned something in regards to hey i might not be the best at this one particular thing but i do know enough to you know have that connection or be able to hold a conversation i think that's super important because i'm i'm like we're we're in the art type of environment Mm -hmm. and there's naturally you're exposed to all these people who have these wonderful talents who have these you know immaculate talents and stuff and sometimes it can be a little bit intimidating but at the at the heart of it we can relate on the same level Mm -hmm. through these things that you're talking about where you know i might not you know have a vast knowledge i guess of you know how microphones work or soundboards or things like that but hey i do know how you know, to edit videos and things like that. And I know that these groups do so much video work. Let me go talk to them about mm-hmm. that. So it's important there. And I have a question sure. because, you know, we're talking a little bit about connecting and networking and things like that. And I'm just curious in terms of like um, the way you view and from your perspective, the acapella community, do you feel as if it's kind of a place where, you know, newcomers or those who are up and coming, those who are trying to make a name for themselves can really reach out to, you know, these prolific individuals for guidance, you know, or help and, you know, they're accepting of it? Is it that type of environment? For sure. I think it just depends on like the person that you ask, because like I am like typically like a really busy person. And so it's like Mm -hmm. really hard for me, like as much as I would love to make time to like help someone with audio or video or whatever it may it may be I don't always have the time to give Mm. and that's why I like to do like these festivals is that like it's a scheduled amount of time where everyone's all together and you can be able to do that I think that's why festivals are such a great thing to attend and and help out with Um, but as far as like learning from the people that I've worked with it's it's never uh, well not never but it's rarely the case that it's like I'm asking a question about a specific thing and wanting to learn it's more like oh I see how they're you know executing xyz let me just keep that in Mm -hmm. the back of my mind so the next time I need to execute xyz Uh I know that there is like you know, a tried and true process on doing this or like maybe there's something that I uh, and then on the other hand, if there's something that I'm realizing, oh, I, I don't like the way they did this, then I can remember mm-hmm. for that that for myself. 
Right. So it's just kind of like you're indirectly learning from them, from picking up things as you go to these different events, almost. For sure. Yeah. Uh, I, I I mean, at this time, I'd, I'd like to talk about a little bit about this this coffee table book that I didn't know would change my <laughs> life. But it's a book called Steal Like an Artist by Austin Kleon. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually talk about it in my acapella arranging class um, when I do festivals. But basically, mm-hmm. it's getting to know the idea that nothing is original. Everything comes from something Mm. nothing under the sun is new and so once you accept that as fact you can start to think about all right what instead of thinking of like being original what is worth stealing and what is not worth stealing yeah and and this can apply it to many different art forms outside of acapella but basically when it comes to uh stealing like an artist (laughs) i try to keep that mentality when it comes to like my workflow as well Mm -hmm. learning from other people and like how they operate and what has been successful and what hasn't been successful and like trying to figure out what is worth stealing what is not worth stealing and stealing has a negative connotation but once you realize like nothing is original and that like you can learn from so many different sources that you end up becoming (laughs) quote-unquote original (laughs) because you have stolen from like so many different types of sources that make you unique as an individual acapella person like for example it's an application yeah and like so so for example like i do video but anyone could hire any video editor to do anything but because of my background in acapella and audio and music and arranging i feel like my Mm -hmm. edits like enhance the arrangement so sometimes like when i get like a video to edit for akapop for example sometimes i'll ask for the sheet music and i don't know that there's a lot of video editors that would do that but i do it because I know how to arrange and I know mm-hmm. like what I want to see when something happens. And so it's, it's good to have that as like kind of like a, a layout for my edit sometimes. And so I feel like once you learn how to steal like an artist and pick the things that make you you and kind of capitalize on, on your own strengths, then you realize, oh, like mm-hmm. because I have this diverse background of things that I have learned from other people and have taken from other people, that makes me as a person unique to work with, whether it's with, you know, arranging, singing, audio or video, all those things lie within me. And like, I constantly pull from those different resources to achieve what I'm doing. Yeah, that's, a, that's such a powerful thought. And I'm, I'm listening to that. I'm like, that works out because in, in my mind, I process it as I'm like, you're you might be stealing, I guess, quote unquote, stealing, but you know, you're bringing that unique perspective, that unique style to it, which really then makes it your own, which then kind of creates its own identity mm-hmm. at the end of the day. And so, yeah, I'm like, uh, you know, I've, I've heard over and over again, you know, nothing is new. Um, and I, and I love the way that you kind of framed it in terms of what we're discussing here. And that's why we, we say a lot on this show, or I'm like, I've mentioned to John before, you know, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You just got to find a new use for it mm-hmm. at the end of the day and you apply it to everything that you're doing, which keeps it interesting, which keeps it on the, I guess almost on the cutting edge. That's how you do it. You, you figure out a way to apply it to everything that you're experiences have brought you to so man that's that's really really insightful really powerful um what's what's the name of that book again (laughs) steal like an artist by austin cleon still i found it on urban we're we're promoting it Urban man, okay. Who knew urban <laughs> outfitters would have so much knowledge to drop on us yeah, today? For sure, that's uh, that's awesome. All right, awesome. Uh, so we're going to take one more quick break. We've been speaking with Grayson Villanueva, really cool stuff here, and we're going to take one last break, and we'll be right back on Talkapella. 
Sure, we have tens of thousands of songs in our library, but I bet you have access to songs we don't have. If you're an artist, a group, or you happen to have a killer music library, then head over to our website. Send us some music. We'd love to play tunes we don't already have in the library, and it's always growing. In fact, most of the music that we receive, we get directly from groups and artists. So head on over to the website, akaville.org, and hit Submit Your Music. We'd love to play it on our air. Thanks for tuning in back to Talk Acapella. Uh, what a great episode we've been having here today with Grayson Villanueva. Um, we've been talking about some really exciting, really interesting ideas and concepts here in terms of, you know, stealing, but really making things your own. And of course, you know, how to be, I guess, a master of all trades when it comes to acapella, because really, that's what keeps things moving at the end of the day. That's what uh, keeps your involvement at an all-time high here by being able to take on different roles. So that's been exciting. And uh, we really thank Grayson for coming onto the show. So as per tradition with our final segment, we always like to pose to our guests, um, no pressure, Grayson, um, <laughs> what piece of advice, if they could offer any to our acapella community, what would they say, you know, whether it be to that one particular person, we're going to still hold out hope. John always wanted some advice to one particular person. Maybe one day that'll happen. Um, or it can be to the community at large. It can be to instructors, to performers. Um, yeah, whatever you're feeling. So Grace, and we post that same question to you what advice would you offer heavy heavy question (laughs) doesn't have to be but feels like it on my end (laughs) yeah (laughs) i would say be authentic that i I would say that would be my two cents my (laughs) if i were to have a stamp (laughs) it would say it would say be authentic (laughs) because it applies to it applies to the art that you make it applies to the music that you make and it also applies to the way that you present yourself to others and the reason I say that I would say that for the community is because like we need more of that. We need more people who are just authentic about themselves. And I'm kind of like from from an art perspective, I'm kind of coming from like, oh, like I'm I'm personally seeing a lot of groups doing the same thing because they see something and they're like, this is this is what I want it to be. But, you know, at the end of the day, we're also looking for something that we haven't heard before either. Because, you know, with any art form, it's always progressing. And I'm personally just like waiting to see like whose voice haven't we heard yet. And so I I just want to encourage people in the community that if you are, you know, trying to make art and you feel like there's something that hasn't been said yet or hasn't been heard and, and you're really passionate about that, be authentic and like show us like show us what what you've got and like what you've got to say and then from the personal side of things like just be you <laughs> be yourself and i feel like i feel like that's going to go a long way when it comes to like meeting with other people in the community because people are interested in you because you're unique <laughs> Yeah, man. Well said. Very well said. Uh, Grayson, if people wanted to get a hold of you, if they wanted to learn more about the projects you're involved with or just reach out to you with any kind of questions, how could they get in touch? Sure. I have a website. It's my personal business. Uh, you can find me at graysonv.me. On Instagram, you can find me at graysonv.me. <laughs> and on Facebook, you can find me at graysonv.me. <laughs> man, okay. Simple. Yeah, really easy. You know, I'm trying to build up that at SEO <laughs> trying to be I, yeah. I get it yeah. um, you can also find me at Boss this year I'm going to be teaching a class with uh, Melody and uh, it's an intro to arranging class something I'm really passionate about because as I said in the beginning um, I didn't really have any experience 
with being in a setting where I was singing with sheet music or like really have a good knowledge of music theory when I first started doing acapella or even doing arranging. But the class is kind of tailored to people who are just starting and also like who might feel like they are limited by not having music theory. In the past, it's been called acapella arranging, no theory, no problem. <laughs> yeah, oh, but yeah, at Boss, it's an intro to arranging class and I'm teaching it with another instructor, her name's Melody. And yeah, we're, uh, we're really excited to put together like a sort of intro arranging class, but make it also collaborative in the room. So yeah. That's that's exciting. Uh, yeah, definitely go check out this class. I, I feel like this is something that uh, we could all learn from for sure. So that, that's going to be awesome. We'll be on the lookout for hearing more exciting things about that. So uh, yeah, that's going to do it for us. As always, please continue to follow everything that's going on here at Tacapella. We have a Twitter account, Tacapella. Very simple. Just go look us up there. Of course, you can always find us on our website at Tacapella.org. And yeah, if you wanted to get in touch with me, feel free to follow Follow me on Twitter at the Brian Alex Brian with an I. And that's going to do it for our show today with Grayson Villanueva. Grayson, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure talking and speaking with you. Thank today. you for having me. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> well, that's going to wrap up our show today. Uh, yeah. And for everything else, for please go follow Aquaville Radio. They're the reason that we have a platform to speak with wonderful guests like Grayson. They really contribute so much to the community. So go follow everything that's going on at Aquaville Radio. And for everything else else. Stay tuned.